Welcome to Practice Makes Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Kingsbury. And I'm your host, Jordy Wofford. Practice Makes Podcast is a program oriented towards self-improvement through engaging in conversation and insight on various subjects, ranging from emotional well-being, exercise, changing one's habits, as well as important global affairs. Hashtag stay woke. <laughs> Practice Makes Podcast aims to offer helpful discussion on relatable topics to listeners who are bored or need a reminder that you are not alone. However, the views and opinions expressed in this program should not replace counseling from trained professionals. Jordy, what is something shitty and something joyful that has happened since the last time we spoke? Something shitty that happened uh, to me was my neighbor's apparently... We have paper-thin walls in our apartment, and every time we go in and out of our apartment, they can hear what's happening, or they can hear us coming in and out. And we got confront. They've been bitching about it pretty much since we moved in, but they've got like their board of condominium members involved, and the head of the board just came up to my girlfriend and started berating her saying, every time your boyfriend goes in and out of the house to go to and from work, they hear it, and we're just sick of you. You guys are just the worst, and you're just terrible people. And it just felt really uncomfortable and unwelcoming. But what's shitty about the whole thing is that we're not having parties or anything in our apartment. We're not playing loud music it's literally every time we go in and out of the apartment so essentially what they're saying is they hate us for our very existence (laughs) what did you do to them i went in and out of my apartment what else did you do to them i swear i did nothing else we have not talked with these people (laughs) what's something joyful something joyful that happened to me was uh, now that i don't have my car uh, I'm getting a lot of exercise. <laughs> I'm walking a lot, so that's a good thing. But one thing that's really weird that's been happening to me is I've been finding photographs on the sidewalk. What? I found, like, three so far, and they're just these photographs <laughs> of these random people. I have no idea who they are, but they're just these really weird and interesting photographs. Who even so, takes photographs? I know, right? But... I, I don't know. I'm just really enjoying it. Now, whenever I'm walking, I'm just like eyeing the sidewalk for photographs and I probably <laughs> look like a real weirdo. But I, I don't know. I'm hoping I'll find more and I'll be able to make some kind of a collage or something. <laughs> collage. <laughs> now, when you stop and smell the roses and you're not constantly rolling around in your car, you see a lot of interesting things. Yeah, you can make a collage of strangers in your mm. And display it in your house. Yeah, that won't be creepy at all. <laughs> what about you? Um, something shitty is that I'm getting fat. Raise Aren't your hand all? if you can relate. Everyone is raising their hands. Yeah. Because we in to... quarantine, man. Um, yesterday I ate ice cream out of a... Are they... Is it a gallon? Those, like, regular size... Like you can thing. have, like, the pints with the Ben and Jerry's, but, yeah, they have, like, whole gallon things, I is think. Is that the, how much it is? Okay, so I was well, eating directly out of that, and in some ways, it's a victory, because that's the first time I've done that. <laughs> well, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> um, I forgive me. Um, 
I don't. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to get exercise and stuff. Yeah, it isn't comfortable. I've been putting on pants uh, for the past couple days. Like, I've just been wearing sweatpants, and um, I decided I should wear regular pants, or uh, it, it'll be too late. I won't be able to put them on anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> That's what they say when you're working from home, to continue wearing your jeans, or you won't be able to wear your jeans when all of this is over. Yeah, it's getting really frustrating. I'm getting so much bigger that I only have a few pairs of pants that fit me. I bought, literally, I bought some give-up pants from Walmart. They were just, I call them my give-up pants. And I'm getting, like, too big for my big my give-up pants, so. Yeah. I feel you on that one. <clears throat> um, What's something joyful? Uh, I quit drinking again. All right. Yeah, I um yesterday was the first day that I quit. And I really think that I'm going to stick to it this time for like a really good chunk of time. That takes a lot of willpower given the current situation. Yeah, and I, I tend to go back and forth on it, you know. I won't drink for a while and then I'll be like, "Yeah, fuck it." And then I'll and then it'll move very quickly into drinking at 2:30 in the afternoon and it's not like I get super super drunk I just like will pour a glass of wine at 2.30 finish it at like 4 or 5 and then pour more and more and more and more and then it's just like and then I go to bed it's like I just waste my entire evening but that's my joyful thing I'm not going to do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's hard to justify not drinking under the current circumstances but Mm -hmm. it's good if you can keep that up if you're a drunk. Guilty. <laughs> um, Jordy, what's our topic for today? Our topic for today is the problem of overeating. Why do we do it? What are the motivations? How can we stop doing it? Do we need help? <laughs> All of these are legitimate questions that we will be touching on in today's episode. Jordy, do you want to read a quote that has to do with our topic? Yes, I think it might actually go against the message of today's episode, and I actually am not a big fan of this person, but I still like the (laughs) quote. Uh, It's by Ayn Rand, and the quote reads, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. (laughs) My quote is, the excess of pleasure is pain, and it's by Almeida, Almeida Garrett. Not sure who that is, but it's a good quote. I agree. That's why I, I think picked it. Because uh, too much of anything is poison, mm-hmm. and I believe that food can definitely be in that category for mm. sure. Jordy, why do we overeat? Because food is too damn good. It is. That is a totally a good reason. Oh, my God. It tastes so good. Yeah, there's like... They just load it up with, like, butter and sugar and salt and, and like, these really savory things. How could you possibly resist? What I miss most about living in America is the food. I just remember how there's food everywhere. You just go down the street and there's all these amazing fast food places. And every time... I go back to America. I have all these places that I think about where I want to eat that I can't eat here in Quebec 
Amazing. There's just like too much stuff. It's like there's too many good things. I just can't get it all in. And I'm just like, oh, well, I have to come back for another visit really soon so I can eat more. (laughs) Food is just good. I, I don't I don't know how anyone can resist it. Well, you have gained more weight living in Canada than you had gained in um, the United States. So it can't just be that food's delicious. No, that's there a good point. There has to be other reasons. There must be. Yeah, I think lifestyle has to do with it. Well, I am getting older, so that's uh, that's an important... I remember when the clocks struck midnight on my 30th birthday. It went <laughs> ding, ding, and then my body went... <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, bed collapsed. Yeah, it broke. <laughs> and, um, but so that... Like your metabolism does break down when you get older. And I also have a much less active life than I did when I was living in the United States. I have a lot less friends. I go out a lot less. And I was, I was eating a lot in the United States, but I was always running around too. So I kind of made up for it by, by moving, by running from one restaurant to the other. <laughs> and um, plus they have poutine here in Quebec. And you know, how can anyone resist that? Yeah. Um, pull up your chart on emotional eating. That one is the uh, the green one. Oh, I see it. The comfort eating carousel. Yeah. I thought this was interesting um, because this is kind of what you experience when you eat emotionally, which is another reason why we overeat. And I think you can just kind of hop into it wherever i'll put the link in the show notes if you guys want to look at it um but i'm just i think it's interesting it's worth looking at i'm gonna hop in on the the part that says experience stress because it just is in a complete circle there's really no starting point it seems logical that the stress would be the starting point though but yeah i mean either any one of these things could be the starting point because they're all kind of negative but so you experience stress so then you have a need for comfort so then you eat something to feel that comfort. You feel a temporary moment of comfort. The positive feelings evaporate. The guilt sets in. And then you need soothing from this new guilt. You experience stress from that. You need comfort. You eat something. Feel a temporary moment of comfort. Positive feelings evaporate. Guilt sets in. Need soothing from this new guilt experience stress <laughs> so it just goes on and on and it's a vicious cycle i wonder if there's a way to jump out of the cycle i feel like the 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 place that makes the most sense to me to jump out of the cycle is that feeling of guilt that you get after eating something that wasn't good for you or overeating or <clears throat> You think that's the important breaking point to break the cycle? That's just my first um, thought is that that for me might be the easiest way for me to get out of this emotional eating cycle would be at that guilt part to realize my guilt. How would you get out of it? To, I think that um, awareness is a superpower that not everyone has. Um, it's something you kind of have to learn 
And so I think just awareness of the guilt itself can help pull yourself out of it because, you know, everyone's going to be different. So that awareness is kind of the general thing that anyone can possess over time with some practice is learning to recognize that guilt and then finding your way to get rid of it, to tell yourself it's okay, to forgive yourself, to change the subject in your mind, to think about something else, not necessarily distracting yourself with television or video games or something like that, not something mindless, but maybe a positive thing, whatever that may be, going for a walk or, I don't know, I think some people like affirmations, um, some people, I don't know, what what would make you feel less guilty about something? See, that's what's interesting is where I see the breaking point is the stress part. Mm. I see, that I feel too. Like, that would have been my second. Yeah, I feel like to me that just jumps out at me as being the starting point. And so I see if you're initially experiencing stress the and then you go to needing comfort, I'd see that where you would break the cycle is going to something other than eating. So kind of like what you were saying going out for exercise, taking a walk, or maybe finding comfort through the company of others. I think that would set things off in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the guilt moves on to the need soothing from this guilt, and that moves on to the stress. So, yeah, I guess they kind of go together, too. I guess it depends on where you see it starting off from, but there's not necessarily a starting off point. Yeah, it's basically... A negative experience or feeling kind of puts you into this uh, overeating, emotional eating cycle. Yeah, I think the important point is trying to be able to channel those negative feelings into something else. But, I mean, is all overeating, does that come from, like, feeling stress or feeling guilt? Because I feel, especially in right now's context, like with the quarantine, I feel a lot of the time that I eat because I'm bored. Yeah. I remember the scene in uh, the Grinch with Jim Carrey where he's sitting on his couch and he's just eating and he's has a moment of introspection and he says, <laughs> am I eating because I'm bored? <laughs> um, I think that that's an interesting um, realization is what is boredom? Anyway, like what is going on in your head when you're bored? Why are you bored? What can be done for the boredom? Especially in these trying times. <laughs> well, it's definitely it's definitely uh, boring to be stuck in, in your house all, all day. So I could definitely see people feeling boredom from that. Mm-hmm. One thing uh, I guess kind of linked with like eating and boredom and stuff like that, that I've realized is with the way we've changed with fast food and having snacks and things like that, it's a lot easier to eat. So like maybe back in the day when you had to like prepare your meal and set everything up at the table, eating was a big ritual and that took a lot of energy Whereas now we can just buy a box of crackers and sit down in front of the computer and munch away <laughs> while we're 
dealing with any little activity that makes us feel bored. Yeah, we want the immediate um, gratification. Yeah, it's become really accessible at this point. There's food everywhere. Or one of the best things that could have happened for me in regards to overeating was losing my car because now I can't just drive up to the drive-thru and order McDonald's. Yeah, they won't let you. Pull up your binge eating picture now. So this one, you reminded me of this one because you were saying how we used to make meals more of a ritual. And now I know with me, when I'm hungry and I come home, I grab the thing that is most easily accessible and eat that while I cook, if I cook at all. Oh, really? Yeah. And... Yeah, I think if I made it more of a ritual where I wasn't allowed to snack while I was cooking, and then when I was finished cooking, rather than eating it standing up, take it to the table and eat it, you know, respectfully, not like so, you know, be nice to my meal, treat it like it, it's your daughter, or better yeah. yet, a person. I, I feel bad saying it, but I just hate cooking it takes up so much time also don't eat people sorry i don't mean it sound like i eat people i think well the secret's out now Tyler. <laughs> so let's look at the binge eating cycle is that lower down on the page i see it yeah okay so this one seems to start once again it's in a circle so no telling where it begins but i think that it begins where it says restriction and then it goes into hunger starvation and then it goes to loss of control, binge eating. And then it goes to guilt, shame, frustration. Then to fear of weight gain, need to take action, back to restriction, back to starvation, to loss of control and binge eating. Then to the guilt, shame, and frustration, fear of weight gain, need to take action, back to restriction. So that's the binge eating cycle. And you know what? This is every diet like the suffering that you put yourself through when you deprive yourself of eating. Yeah. Like our movement towards healthy eating, this um, yuppie sort of culture where people are doing the keto diet and people are doing Atkins and whatever Paleo. diet. Yeah. Whatever it is that they pick they all kind of follow these guidelines where it's restriction and then you're hungry yeah. and then you lose control and you binge and then you feel guilty about it and then you fear weight gain and then you need to take action. So then you restrict yourself again. And this, this is binge eating. This yeah. one sounds, this one seems like it's going from one extreme to the other, depriving yourself completely or putting yourself on a diet and then just going completely to the other end of the spectrum and just oh, I remember what stuffing I your face. Something that I've, I still have in my, my vocabulary that I find myself using and then especially after recording myself saying it, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's not right. But calling food good or bad or healthy and unhealthy, that's something... You don't like that? Well, you're not supposed to um, look at it that way because then you're restricting yourself of certain things that you might want. And then um, you end up going into the cycle where 
you just completely starve yourself of that thing and then you lose control and then you binge eat it. So people that are like, no carbs, <laughs> raise your so, hand if you've ever been on a low carb diet and then you binge carbs at the end of the week. <laughs> you turn it into this type of apple in the Garden of Eden that's constantly tempting you or what are some of the other ways that overeating harms us? Well, I don't know about you, but it sure makes me feel uncomfortable in my skin. Yeah, it definitely makes me feel uncomfortable, uh, both like when I look at myself and see <laughs> <laughs> see myself in the mirror in the morning. I just like that you backed away from the camera when you said that. <laughs> and it's also physically uncomfortable, like as I've gained more weight, it's harder to move around mm-hmm. and it's harder to bend over. It's harder to just feel like aware of my own body and be one with it. <laughs> There's so many illnesses that are linked to overeating. There's like diabetes, uh, knee pain. It's like a, it's a cycle in and of itself. It creates more of these unhealthy conditions and then the more limited you get uh, because of your health issues then it restricts your options more and more and then all you can do is eat yeah um are we addicted to food i i don't personally think i'm addicted to food per se but i remember watching a documentary about a fellow, I wish I knew the documentary, um, by name so I could give, uh, give people an opportunity to can, look at it, but it was a fellow who, it? uh, it's, it's too, it's been too long. I think there's, plus there's so many documentaries on people who've like, who gained weight and lost weight and it would take a really long time, but essentially like the important part was at the end of the at the end of the documentary when he was reflecting on himself he said my problem is i'm addicted to food and the problem about that is that we need food we can't get away from it if you're addicted to a drug or an alcohol or some kind of substance you can always go into a rehab and get separated from that substance or if you're addicted to a bad habit, there's a way that you can not do it. It's not absolutely essential, but we have to eat. And so <laughs> I say this as my girlfriend is putting all this food in front of me. <laughs> but we we have to eat. So if you really are addicted to food, it's, it's a, a curse because... It's something that you're constantly having to manage. Yeah, you can't separate yourself from it. It's it's also a huge part of our culture. I mean, it was back in the day. <laughs> yeah, when when we had a culture and <laughs> when we went outside. Yeah. Uh, going to restaurants every holiday, ha- you know, revolves around some kind of food. You know, birthday cake. Um, you know, you, everything you celebrate. There are treats and snacks and. Very much a part of our culture. I have an Italian friend, and he told me that there's a saying in Italy that when you're talking about someone, if someone asks you, do you know him? 
or do you know that person? And in Italy, you would say, well, I don't know. I haven't had uh, a meal with him yet. Oh. So it shows how, especially in Italy, but really in general, that meals are an important kind of social, social glue. And I definitely, that's definitely been the case for me because apart from having a drink with someone when I want to get to know them, like, what do you, what's one of the things you do on a first date or mm. when you go out with a coworker, you go out and have a meal. Yeah. Also, so it is all around us. We are literally addicted to food because the combination of fat, sugar, and salt has the same effect on our brains as crack does. Oh. If you put electrodes on someone who has just eaten something like, McDonald's, which has all of those three properties, and someone who is on crack, the exact same things are happening in their brains. Oh, my. So we are literally crackheads. We're addicted. <laughs> that's that's reassuring. Yeah. Does alcohol play a role in overeating? Um, I'm, I'm inclined to just say yes and leave it at that because I'll <laughs> definitely, like, have moments when I'm out eating and I want to go get some McDonald's, but mm. I would say there's, there's almost an element to where it's a replacement for alcohol is a replacement for food. Like a lot of times when I drink, I won't even eat that night, which is probably even unhealthier. Oh yeah. Maybe you'd wake up more hungry too. Yeah. But also I think, um, Part of what triggers hunger is the rise and fall of the insulin in your blood. And alcohol is pretty high in sugar a lot of the time. Even if the yeast have eaten up the sugar, there's still sugar in beer. Um, And so the rise and fall of your insulin will trigger your hunger. So if you drink a bunch of sugar, when your insulin starts to drop... When your blood sh- when your blood sugar starts to drop, then you're triggered to want more sugar. So I think that is part of it. And then also it has to do with it also affects weight gain when it comes to overeating because if you're drinking and you're trying to lose weight, your body will preferentially burn the sugar alcohols before it burns any other molecule in your body. So you're really hmm. slowing down the process if you're drinking. Uh, well, I guess that explains a lot of my weight gain. <laughs> Have you been drinking more? Uh, I've been... Uh, I think I've been drinking... I've definitely been drinking, but I've been drinking slightly, maybe a little bit less. But I definitely could use a break. But like I said, I have a lot of uh, trouble justifying it right now. <laughs> given the circumstances. Just like an alcoholic. Well, I just keep feeling like, well, they keep closing down all the stores. So what's next? When are they going to close down the liquor stores? And then I won't <laughs> have it anymore. So I need to store as much as possible like a camel. <laughs> like a camel. Jordy, what can we do about overeating, especially in quarantine? Well, what's been working 
for me, uh, with having you and working on this podcast is having accountability buddies. Oh, yes. Someone who's constantly buzzing in your ear and making sure that you're not. <laughs> Andrea. What's she doing? Is she opening something with plastic? She's giving me a muffin. <laughs> She's the opposite of an accountability bunny. She's, uh, She's I don't know what... food on your left side and on your right side. I don't know. <laughs> I don't She's know attacking. Why. I'm flanked from both sides. Uh, but yeah, I feel like someone who can keep you on the right track, unlike Andrea, uh, is definitely one of the best ways to keep from overeating. Yeah. Um, they can also help you help give you distractions like going working out and doing other activities too. Yeah. And judgment. Like if they live with you, they're judging you when you keep eating ice cream all day. <laughs> yeah. Andrea is definitely immune to that. <laughs> um, something that helps me is to not buy crap. And there I go again, calling it crap, but there are foods that are very cal- calorie rich and maybe there are some better options so that you don't reach for chips when you're hungry and instead you make a nice sandwich with whole grain bread. Yeah, I mean, if it's not there in front of you, you definitely won't be eating it. Like I said, one of the best things that could have happened to me was losing my car because I don't go through the drive-thru anymore. Yeah. And then I guess just maybe like one more thing to work on, which is obviously a lot more work than finding an accountability buddy or not buying crap is um, practicing uh, stuff in those two cycles, the emotional eating, the emotional eating cycle and the binge eating cycle, um, becoming aware of the guilt or becoming aware of the stress and finding a different outlet, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, there's definitely an environmental element to overeating, but it, ultimately does start from within you. So if you have that under control, I think you can manage almost anything. Right. And and help yourself out by not making it so that the only thing you can rely on is your sheer motivation. Sheer willpower. <laughs> if your house is full of cookies and brownies, you're really having to rely on your willpower. And by the way, you're a crackhead, so... You can't just and you're addicted to crack. <laughs> you can't just put a crackhead in a house full of crack and be like, "Okay, don't smoke this." Instead, smoke a salad. <laughs> well, if he didn't have like a lighter instruments to smoke the crack with, then he couldn't do anything. There was a right, twilight but, zone. But this was an analogy. Oh, I'm sorry. This this is food, not crack. Right, 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 right. So what was the episode? Sorry. <laughs> There's a Twilight Zone where a man was basically addicted to reading and he survives the apocalypse and he's excited because he can just do nothing but read. But then his glasses fall off. <laughs> and he says, no! Oh, my God. I'm not even sure I follow what happened in that episode. But it sounds like something read. we should link in our show notes. <laughs> I'll, g- I'll give it a family guy. I made a parody of him, so I'll try and find a clip of that and I'll send it. Okay, great. To you. Since we didn't provide the other resources that we would have liked to provide, the documentary you were talking about, it's a good opportunity uh, to provide a resource, but, you know, it's too much work. 
I'll provide a Family Guy clip. That's just as good. <laughs> Will that suffice? Let us know at practicemakespodcast.com. Yes, please uh, fill out the surveys. Uh, we'd love to hear back from you on uh, either Facebook or one of our many forums that we're on. Yeah, we um, are on Instagram at PMP Pod, Facebook at Practice Makes Podcast, or you can just type in practicemakespodcast.com into your browser. You can support us um, by following or clicking on the link in the Anchor website description. This is really complex. I'm going to put a link on Facebook if you want to support us. It really helps um, for us to continue to do this podcast and to continue to put out content. Um, also, if you want to read my blog, it's all about mental health. And it's at wordpress.com. It's called Moving Through the Fire. And I will also link that in the show notes. Yes, do give it a read. And feel free to reach out and contact us. What better time than a quarantine? <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.